the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning and welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial and well, I like to say much, 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 much more. What's on your financial mind is clearly something that I like to throw out there on a regular basis. I do want to hear from you. I do want your feedback. You can tweet me. Rob Black Show. What do you want to talk about? What's on your financial mind? Are you unhappy with Obama? Can he be reelected? Yes, no. Is it kind of weird that Romney's got foreign accounts where he has his money? I don't think so. When you're worth as much as he is, you don't leave it all in one place, and you certainly don't leave it just in the United States. But this is stuff that we could talk about. I know this is stuff that people do talk about. I tend to focus in on investing. A couple weeks ago when the Supreme Court announced that they basically upheld Obamacare, I talked about it. And I told you the big guys in the insurance industry are going to buy the small guys. If you went out and I said, I'll send you a list of all the small guys. I'll send you a list of all the winners and losers. One of those guys just got taken off that list today at a 43% premium. I'm not here to say I told you so. I'm here to say my goal on this show is to get you to retirement in a good economy and a bad economy. Whatever it takes, we're going into earnings season. It's not going to be pretty for the financials, for the tech companies, for the oil companies, for utilities and food and healthcare and dividends with low PE stocks. It's going to be fine. Housing and auto are working. This is not a zero-sum game. But Alcoa is going to produce an awful report tonight that shows an 84% decline in second quarter earnings. Eighth straight year of surplus on global production, driving down the price of the metal. That will be on the minds of some. So WellPoint buying Amerigroup for $4.4 billion. Again, not saying I told you so, but once we learn that the insurance companies are going to be okay, and volume, 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 the big guys started buying the small guys. There's going to be more. This consolidation will happen. Campbell Soup is buying a company called Bolt House this morning. I like kind of the whole, I do like the merger Monday thing that goes on. It's a high end juice line. It's going to complement its V8 beverage line. High end juice. I gave up soda. I need beverage in me. I don't always eat right. 
When I don't, I go after the high-end juices. I don't go after the low-end juices. If it's not fresh squeezed, don't serve it to me. Don't you hate when you go to a restaurant and you're, you're trying to have breakfast and you're like, I so badly want juice, but is it fresh or is it that crap out of a carton? Or even worse, the really bad low-end juice out of a carton. They say it's fresh and they bring you this just awful stuff. I hate that. So second quarter earnings reports start today. Uh, we're going to get Google and J.P. Morgan this week. The energy sector is expected to see declines of about 15%. Material companies expected to see a 12% decline. Healthcare, consumer discretion, consumer staples, and telecom. They're going to get earnings gains of about one-tenth of a percent to 4%. That's where the safety is right now. Because a lot of people don't think uh, earnings have come down enough. Earnings expectations. So when the company reports earnings and then they give the conference call, that's their chance to say, hey, you know what? Guidance doesn't look good. Obama's talking about extending the tax cuts for the middle class. That is a positive in my mind. I know you're saying, but what about the high end? Just trust me. Any extension talks right now is positive. Is it positive enough to get this market moving and rocking and rolling? Probably not. So earnings season typically brings the prospect of a rally. At least 60% of companies report above analyst expectations. We're at very low valuations, but the Spanish 10-year government debt hit 7%. Panic didn't ensue, but it's, we can't live there. It's a bad neighborhood for Wall Street to be there. A couple other stories out there today. FX, Alliance. Provider of foreign exchange trading platforms. It's going to be acquired by Thomson Reuters. It's a 40% premium. Activision Blizzard, maker of things like World of Warcraft. Vivendi is going to sell its 60% stake in the video game maker. Could raise about $10 billion. Time Warner and Microsoft would be possible bidders. I would think Microsoft would jump all over that. Facebook could see a $1 billion purchase of Instagram approved today. Uh, it's not going to be approved today. By mid-August, so the FTC kind of hinted at that. Yahoo! They're meeting on Wednesday this week to discuss the status of the company's CEO search. Interim CEO Ross Levinson is considered the leading candidate for the permanent job, but no final decision has been made. Google reports on Thursday, J.P. Morgan on Friday. Investors will, you know, next week we get Apple. Will Apple, Sawtech, and Qualcomm be the only companies with a good quarter in the world of tech? That's what a lot of people are thinking. Boeing won a $7.2 billion order from a company called Hazy um, for single-aisle aircraft as the manufacturer promotes its new fuel-efficient 737 MAX. It's at an air show, the Farnborough, the Farnborough Air Show. GE Capital Advisors, um, they are tied towards the purchase as they help, you know, obviously uh, with aviation services and, and funding of such. There's another little story out there today that's positive, and again, not very many positive stories out there. I'm not going to focus only on the positive. I'm not Pollyanna. I've dated Pollyanna's sister before, but I'm not Pollyanna. Um, Sirius XM. Their shares are higher today. They said they've added 622,000 net subscribers. The auto industry is doing well in the United States. But 
there are some expectations that may fall apart. The S&P 500 down 5. The NASDAQ down 12. The Dow down 65. Oil is in the news today. It's up slightly. So it's holding that $80 threshold pretty positively. But uh, back to SiriusXM ever so quickly because I think this is worth noting. Uh, there's a company that's trying to take over Cirrus. And Cirrus doesn't report numbers for another month. But before they got in their quiet period, they said, hey, we're adding more people than we think. They're doing that because they don't want to be taken over. Mel Carmazan doesn't ever want to work for someone ever, never again. The company continues to demonstrate strong growth, strong operating execution, despite a challenging economy. So will they be profitable? What happens to that company when Howard Stern leaves? That's always been everyone's biggest just, ooh. You know, <laughs> this quarter, they're adding 622000 Last year, at the same quarter, 452000 And this is a product that you don't have to have. So a lot of people are intrigued by what's this telling us. So Wall Street's kind of flattish this morning. There's a perfect storm where we no longer believe Europe could solve their own problems. We continue to think that Europe will continue to kick the can down the road. So anytime they come out and say, hey, we're, we're fixing our problem, we just don't believe them anymore. So that's interesting. We are we're kind of desensitized to the high unemployment. Friday's unemployment numbers were unacceptable, awful. And yet we're not calling Congress to do something about it. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. It's a better way of saying that. You can email me, Rob at robblack.com, Rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here, come back, do a little financial planning, as well as take a look at the stock markets and what's working and why. On Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black, counting down the hits, coming in at number 16. Rem. (laughs) You're saying, no, no, it's REM. As if. It's like saying it's in excess instead of inxus. Or Milpitas instead of Milopitas. I'm on to you. I get where you're going at with this. What do you want to talk about today? I will talk about anything that you want to talk about. That's my goal. People are going to have to have health insurance. The same way every driver in the state of California has to have car insurance. Hmm. Obamacare ruling makes... The first Republican to favor an insurance law, an individual mandate, Mitt Romney. I mean, that came back in an odd way on him. Hmm. Let's take a quick look at some of the market numbers. Did anyone see Tyler Perry's Medea's Witness Protection? Does anyone see Tyler Perry movies? Or is that just bogus 
because Spider-Man did well at the box office. SP 500 down five, the Nasdaq down twelve, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down sixty-five. Joining me now, CFB Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Best way to reduce shocks to a portfolio, both in retirement as well as in youth. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, world events. Let's let's just look at the last decade. We've seen a tech bubble, and then we saw a real estate bubble, and now we're right in the middle of a debt bubble. We've seen Greece. We're dealing with issues of Spain and Italy now. Uh, what's next, Iran? I, I mean, I think it's gonna be Mr. Bubble. Mr. Bubble. I think he's making a resurgence, and people are gonna say the next bubble is Mr. Bubble. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just go with that. So the best way that I've seen to to reduce the shocks in overall portfolio is to stay diversified and rebalance often. Not sexy. No, no. Well, I mean, here's here's the deal, though. When when people come and talk about asset allocation, it can go into other levels. For example, in your bond portfolio, do you own not only corporate bonds, high yield bonds, government bonds in the form of tips? Um, you know, also international bonds. I mean, if you're earning, if the dollar falls, for example, let's say inflation is a shock or a falling dollar is a shock to the overall market. If you're earning interest in other currencies and foreign bonds, that's a good hedge against the dollar. But the best way to do it is to make sure you have emergency reserves. And when you're, you know, young and working at six to 12 months of your family's expenses in cash. So if you need, you know, $4,000 a month to keep the lights on and the food on the table in your house, you need six times that a minimum in cash. Can you put that in muni bonds? No. Because I get that question all the time, people who want to use their cash to get higher returns. Now, potentially, I mean, there's, there's you know, California tax-free money market accounts, and that's okay. You've saw, you've seen issues, though, where that has you know, had issues of, of returns. You saw a couple of money market funds break the buck in 2008 and nine. That's, um, that's a phrase, just to let people know, that we never thought the, the buck could be broken. Right, because most money market shares trade at a dollar a share all the time. And the institution never wants to give you 99 cents back because that would be shameful for them. Well, and most money market funds are costing mutual fund families money now to keep them at a dollar. Gotcha. Because you can't hunt for yield. They were hunting for yield in European bank paper, and they're pretty much out of it at this point. So it's harder to even keep you know, their interest rates above zero. But with that said, it's, you know, when you're in retirement or close to retirement, you need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash because world events will occur. Seven out of 10 years are positive. Three out of 10 years are negative. To get through those negative years in the market when you can't rebalance your portfolio and peel off gains because there aren't any, right? you've got to have the cash to live off of. If you look at your portfolio over all of the last three bubbles that we've had, balanced portfolios have averaged over 6% unless you drew on them when they were down. In that case, you're way behind. So to, to ward that off, you've got to invest the right way in asset allocation, have different asset classes that are doing well um, when the stock market isn't, and you've got to have cash for when everything is doing poorly. Like 2009, asset allocation, everything fell off a cliff. Even gold fell off a cliff in a really ugly time because hedge funds were having to sell it to meet redemptions. Okay, let's ask, let me ask some questions. And you, short answers, okay? Okay. At this moment in time, do you own corporate bonds? Yes. At this moment in time, do you own high-yield bonds? Yes. At this moment in time, do you own tips? Yes. Treasuries? Uh, yes, in the intermediate term. I'm not, I can't tell you if I will in 12 months. But How about right dividend now. achievers? Oh, majority of the stock portfolio. Okay. 100% of our individual stocks, dividend achievers, and a good portion of our balanced ETF no-load fund portfolio is dividend achiever. 
and you know, like in a bullish market, that most of those are going to underperform the bullish stocks. But yet, you still have to do it. It's, and in a bearish market, those are going to save you. you well, that's, you or see, am I oversimplifying? You're oversimplifying because I think actually, in a dividend achiever. Um, well, not okay. just dividend-paying stocks; those have underperformed a bull market. Dividend achievers are growing companies that still pay a dividend, so the yield isn't as high, but their growth—you you look for growth there too. But where they get, you know, in a dividend achiever, where you 2009, for example, the income in the stock portfolio still went up, even though the overall market was down, yep. because you're divid- you're buying companies that raise their dividend. So between your three years worth of expenses in cash and your dividends that come in on a quarterly basis. You've got that hedge. I mean, the way that I do it is I'm always at least hedging, you know, five to seven years worth of income. So I know I don't have to sell anything. If we go through a period of like 2000 when the market topped out, tanked down to 2003, and then recovered by 2007. I want to be able to get people through those types of periods because they're going to be retired from 65 to 100. Okay. Probably what I should have said is that sometimes these basket of income producers make us feel like I wish the money was elsewhere. In hindsight, I wish I had it all at Apple. Mm-hmm. But you just can't do it. No, asset allocation, you're going to have to realize that when the market is a 100% bull market, um, you will underperform a little bit because your bonds won't be keeping up with the, the stocks. Your, uh, you know, your, your emerging markets tend to fall more than the S&P 500 in a, na- in a negative year, but they tend to do better in a, in a good year. So it, it's... It all rotates. It all reverts to the mean. Talking best ways to reduce shocks in a portfolio in retirement, it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at law online, chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com or his company, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He and I do seminars around the Bay Area all the time. You can come out and meet him. He's a good guy. I think you'll grow to like him. A couple things that I'm going to put on the books this summer. I'm going to be out at some meet and greets around the Bay Area. Probably will extend it into the fall as well. And uh, it'll be like a happy hour kind of scenario. Fender is in the news. They've set an IPO at the $13 to $15 a share range to expand overseas. Fender Musical Instruments. This is crazy, right? You've thought, like, you want the Facebook IPO. Do you want the Fender IPO? That's the largest seller of guitars in the United States. They're raising $160 million in an IPO. The company is offering 7 million shares. They trace their roots back to 1946 when they make, made the Stratocaster, also known as the Strat, one of the most popular electric guitars and models inspired by musicians like Eric Clapton, or as our attorney general once said, Eric Clapner. There's so much. You know, I last left off talking a little bit about Fender, how they trace their roots back to the Stratocaster in 1946. It's going to be an IPO. It makes a lot more sense to me than Facebook's IPO did. Fender wants to sell guitars in China and India, you know, where music is becoming much more popular in those nations, where guitar-based music, their income of $19 million last year compared to the loss of $1.7 million. The problem is that I don't think it's going to be all that sexy of a name. But kids will play rock and roll around the world forever more. So do I think they'll be in business? I do. Do I think someone will come in and unseat them? I don't. Is it an IPO that intrigues me? It does. I'll talk about it in the future. I'm not saying go out and buy it. Uh Uh-uh. I don't play that game. Do your homework first. Let's bring in Michelle Lerman from Lerman Law. Michelle Lerman wanted to comment on something Chad and I said. How are you, Michelle? I'm great, Rob. How are you? 
I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you're an estate planning attorney, and Chad and I were just talking, and you wanted to chime in with a little extra color? Yeah, um, it was interesting what Chad was saying about the importance of diversification to, you know, um, ride the ups and the lows in the market, and it struck me that so many of my clients, it's actually shocking to me, want to make provisions in their trust that income goes to one beneficiary, and then the remainder goes, whatever, to their children. And it just struck me when Chad was commenting on the importance of diversity, how difficult it is in this market, and maybe you want to comment on that, on someone trying to give income to one beneficiary and then the remainder to another. I mean, how do you really invest for that much income? And if you invest for income... What are you doing to the remainder beneficiary? They're not going to even probably keep up with inflation. Yeah, it's uh, something that obviously takes a lot of planning on the back end, which is kind of what you do is the uh, setting up estates and trusts and then on the free, the more front end of the managing the assets and, and making sure that you pick correctly and making sure that you don't hurt one or the other uh, beneficiaries and or hurt the whole trust. I've seen trusts just go up in smoke, Michelle, uh, with that said, uh, anything else that you want to chime in on? Yeah, just that I would say that it's more important to, to, in order to work in conjunction with your financial advisor and your state planning attorney, that you have a trust, that you can give it to someone that uh, is going to make good financial decisions, but let the beneficiaries mm-hmm. have both principal and income. Don't separate it like that. So, Thanks. Thanks very much. People can find Michelle, and Michelle and I go way back. She's the estate planning attorney that I refer people to. Uh, I trust her. I trust her firm. You can find her at Lerman Law. That's kind of an unsolicited plug for her, but uh, it's LermanLaw.com. I think she does great work. It's very, very important that you take advantage of estate planning laws this year. Try to set up your estate if you can. If you're going to be doing a will or trust, do it this year. Get started now. It is economically a very good time to consider a trust. We don't know what trusts are going to look like or trust law is going to look like next year. My expectation is that due to government spending issues and government taxing issues, that this is going to be one of the best years of your life to set up a trust. So strongly consider contacting Michelle Lerman at LermanLaw.com. If you own a home in the state of California, I just spoke to you. If you don't own a trust and you own a home, you should. You're setting up a very expensive Retirement. In addition of your assets and re- a couple things I want to throw out there because we don't talk common sense enough at times, and we should. Eight things that you should not keep in your wallet. I know this is just, it's almost too obvious of a topic and how dumb people are. Um, first and foremost, your social security card. If that's in your wallet, why? Your nine digit social security number is savvy numbers, savvy numbers that thieves can manipulate. You know, an overstuffed wallet's going to obviously hurt your spine, so take that Social Security card out. ID thefts can open new credit cards, new credit lines, just with that alone. So take your Social Security card out. What else should not be in your wallet or purse? It's pretty easy to start thinking of these. Passwords. I've done it before. When debit cards and ATM cards were first introduced and you had to go to a money machine, an ATM to get money, which is just a fantastic idea because 
I think in our lifetime, we're going to drop the whole ATM concept of getting money, but it's going to happen slowly. But I used to keep my, my password, my PIN number in my wallet. It's unbelievably stupid, right? There's apps now that you can buy to retain all of your passwords. I'd much rather you go that direction. Um, but again, up to you. Don't leave spare keys in your wallet or purse. You know, you're putting your property, you're putting your family's safety. So don't do that. How about checks? Blank checks are an obvious risk. It's a quick way for, you know, uh, thieves to go to the bank, forge your signature, pull some money out, and they're all done. It also has your banking numbers on it. Don't leave your passport either in your wallet or your purse. Don't carry it on you. So carry only your driver's license or other personal ID while traveling inside the United States. When traveling abroad, photocopy your passport and leave the original in the hotel lockbox. You know, thieves would love to get a hold of passports. Um, I don't have 10 credit cards, but if I did, I would only travel with one. There's no sense in you, you know, having when your wallet or purse is stolen or lost trying to cancel 10 cards or trying to maintain and watch 10 cards is a lot more difficult than one. Your birth certificate, which by the way, I've got an adorable birth certificate. I was not born in the United States. If I were to run for president, people would go with the whole birther thing against me. He wasn't born in the United States. I know you're saying, you're not going to run for president, are you? I'm going to run for mayor at one point. I think I'd like to change my community on a very community local level. I love farmers markets. I love parks. I love dogs. I love puppies. Back on, uh, I think, May 19th, it was National Puppy Day. Like, who doesn't love puppies? I love puppies. But anyway, on my birth certificate, or stamp, my two tiny little precious feet. Now I got big old size 13s. You know what they say about big feet, big feet, big shoes. So anyway, don't carry your birth certificate with you. Receipts. The moment you get a receipt home, put it in a box. I don't care if it's a shoe box. But the more receipts that you get in, uh, the more likely you're going to lose them. Sometimes there's credit card information on them. Uh, debit cards, expiration dates. So receipts are, are chock full of information. If you can move your, I know this is an odd one, move your mailbox inside your home. Not inside your home, but closer to your home. Street-side mailboxes need to be lockboxes. And or should be closer to your door. Make that mailman burn a couple extra calories. Now, now I'm hated by mailmen, but that's okay. No, no, I'm hated by mail persons, <laughs> right? I couldn't possibly be politically incorrect with male people. Not like they're going to go all angry and postal on me, right? So one of the things that I write down my ideas from time to time, and I share them with you, and sometimes they're genius ideas and sometimes they're flops. One of the things I like throwing out is that Washington, D.C. is out of touch. We went through well over 20 years of leveraging, and now we're going through deleveraging. And as we go through deleveraging, we're not necessarily making the right decisions. Greece will never deleverage correctly. They've got too much debt. 
United States, we can deleverage correctly, but we can't continue to spend a trillion dollars to stimulate an economy. You want to grow economies, there's no doubt about it. But you can't throw money away. Because that's only going to make it worse in the long run. So we're thinking tactically. We're not thinking intelligently. We're not thinking strategically. Hopefully you had some good cookout weather this weekend, wherever you are. I enjoy the process of a good barbecue. Whether you are natural gas, blue light, kind of cook, and or you'll go after the charcoal and <coughs> the uh, weather. Just the de-stressor, couple beers and barbecue. See, a lot of people think men, like, uh, we're tough to figure out. We're not. That's just the way we unwind. That's the way we slow down. That's the way we don't think about work. Sitting around a fire. Very, very primate-like, right? Anyhow, let's take a quick look at the market numbers. The S&P 500 down 5. The NASDAQ down 12. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 65. Tweet me. I'd like to get to some tweets later in the show, but I can't get to them unless you tweet me. Tweet Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. Yay! Or you can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. That's rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. Be right back. You're listening to Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street business. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. The Amazing Spider-Man, Sony's reboot of a franchise that it's not exactly been a long time since Spider-Man 3, but The Amazing Spider-Man. Pulled in $65 million over the weekend. Since its July 3 release, it's pulled in over $140 million in six days. You see numbers like that, and you're like, wow, we could probably pay off our national deficit if we ever really wanted to. Just have make Spider-Man movies. Nationalized the Spider-Man franchise. It's pulled in $2.55 billion in worldwide sales from the three pitchers previous. This new installment has a new cast, and man, I love movie popcorn. It's one of the weaknesses I have in life, so I have some weaknesses. Beautiful women, high-quality beer, movie popcorn. So the new cast, led by UK-raised Andrew Garfield, which pisses me off that we've got a dirty Brit playing Spidey on the 4th of July weekend. You might remember him as the co-founder Eduardo Savarin in The Social Network. He portrays the orphaned Peter Parker, who's got a crush on classmate Gwen Stacy. A visit to a high-tech research laboratory resulted in a spider bite that would change his life. Emma Stone's in the movie, Martin Sheen and Sally Field. Sally Field, who was once just a darling, cute little thang, Next to Burt Reynolds and Cannonball, not Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit. And now she's playing the frumpy Aunt May. Sally Field was the flying nun, for those of you who are really old. 
and wrinkly. Other movies, Savages, yeah. fourth place film, directed by Oliver Stone. Pixar's Brave, that's the 13th film so far from Walt Disney's co-owned or, yeah, Walt Disney-owned studio. Came in third place with sales of $20.2 million. It's pulled in $175 million in three weeks. Good, 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 good. Magic Mike, which is a movie I will not see because even though I'm comfortable in my own sexuality, I don't need to see the world of male strippers. When God created women, work of art. When God created men, oof, oof. Now, I do have the body of a David, but I still don't think we've got the uh, aesthetic power that women have. Katy Perry, part of me. Yes, that's right. Katy Perry showing her home movies as a child and how she knew she was going to be herself. And herself was going to be the new Britney, not the new Britney. Why do I know this much about Katy Perry? I shouldn't know this much about Katy Perry. Why is she in movie theaters? This is what's wrong with America. Do you think people will remember Katy Perry in 10 years? She doesn't have a good voice. Okay, so some of the clothes she wears are provocative. I give you that. God, can you imagine being a parent and having your kids singing, I kissed a girl? It would probably drive most parents insane. And I understand that. Um, What do we need to talk about this? We can drop Katy Perry. We can move on. I'm sorry. I will never do. I will never, ever, ever talk about Katy Perry's movie ever again. I'm banned from it. I apologize to my parents. One of them is dead. I apologize to my family, my friends. I apologize to you, the listener. The person was accidentally driving down the road who just felt like a mouse crawled in their mouth and died. But before he died, he vomited one last time. I apologize to that person. I apologize to the mouse because even the mouse was sickened by the story. I apologize to David Ortiz, even though I don't know why I'm apologizing to David Ortiz. Okay, so China's CPI slows to 2.2% year over year. This is bad news. Emerging markets are slowing. Japanese core machinery orders fell 14.8% month over month. That's bad news. The Spanish 10-year borrowing costs climbed above 7%. That's bad news. Alcoa is going to show a drop in earnings of 88%. Eight straight years of having too much supply. That's bad news. Gold hits a new low. Interesting. People should be fly, flocking to gold, and they're not. The dry, hot weather that's hitting the Midwest right now is dampening the um, damage that's been done to the crops. This is important to know because there are some winners out there. You want some? Utilities, food, healthcare, big international companies with low PEs and high dividends. In the world of tech, the only companies they're going to beat are tied to Apple. Apple, Sawtuck, Qualcomm. Companies like Intel are going to show a weakening. Will I sell shares of Intel? No, because it's got a low valuation and high PE and high dividend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been in a relationship before where it seems like I did everything wrong. So the first words out of my mouth was, I'm sorry. 
and I smile, but that little he kind of always got me in more trouble. So techs are going to be awful, financials going to be awful, oils going to be awful. Now again, this isn't a zero sum game. We're not talking about so awful like you know we see flying monkeys or flying pigs. We've seen flying monkeys before in the Wizard of Oz. Traumatized me as a kid. To this day, I still don't like those those uh, flying monkeys. I don't like the Oompa Loompas either, though. To be quite honest with you, two very shocking and and, and ooh, enduring images for childhood, right? And when the flying monkeys were marching, oh, oh, like that was pretty scary stuff. Uh, what do we need to do? You can follow me on Twitter and tweet me, Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. You can email me, Rob at RobBlack.com. It's Rob at RobBlack.com. You can find me online at RobBlack.com. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black or Cron4 Rob Black. Let's take a break here. Come back. Let's kick off the next hour. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street business. Welcome back in. Welcome in. Hello, Seattle. Let me do a shout out to all my fishermen in Seattle. Woo woo. Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Had an awful week last week, spent a lot of time visiting in the hospital. But this week's different. Wall Street had an awful week last week, primarily tied towards the poor jobs numbers. Today, stocks are falling. Not across the world, not to hell in the handbasket, not horrific, but certainly not good. So we're a little worried heading into earnings season. In the last 90 days, Europe got a little bit hairier. What we learned was that Germany has to decide what they're going to do. Should they stay or should they go? They keep coming up with, well, we've come up with an idea of a bank. We've come up with an idea of, you know, uh, some bonds. But they, 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 no one's taking action on any of this stuff. So today, and it's going to continue to flare up until action's taken, Spain is starting to see some problems. Now, five to ten years ago, Spain was considered an up-and-coming nation. Their unemployment is incredibly high, 25%. They've got a great soccer team, but not much more. Five to ten years ago, we thought they could be the new Hollywood. Not so much, right? They overbuilt. They got into real estate problems. Greece's problems are totally different. Greece's problems tied towards an aging society that doesn't collect enough taxes. Literally, they have a tax man who comes, knocks on your door and says, give me money. So people started hiding from the tax man. Or as I like to do, there's nobody home. The check's in the mail. Long story short, like Mexico. GM is building a lot of plants there right now in large part because it's cheap labor and cheap manufacturing. You can see where countries are doing well. Cheap labor, cheap manufacturing. Right? What does the United States need to do to get back on track? 
They need to make manufacturing cheaper. They need to make building things cheaper and easier. I love infrastructure improvements because it increases commerce. So every time you see people on the side of the road fixing the road, please don't run those people over because they're improving the roads. And when they improve the roads, we spend less time in traffic. When we spend less time in traffic, we have more money because we're not burning gas. When we're not burning gas and have more money, we spend that. I know that this is something that you isn't that hard to put your head around, and yet we continue to fail aggressively. We are a country that's bought and paid for. Our legislators may go to Congress thinking that they're uh, going to do the best interest for us, but it doesn't end that way. The moment someone from Congress gets in, involved, gets put into office, that's when they start their re-election campaign. So at that point in time, they start promising everything to everyone. You know, more than 30% of American adults drink one or more sweetened beverages per day. I'd rather have the real stuff than the fake stuff. I love what New York did by banning sodas over 16 ounces. You know, that 16-ounce soda is equivalent to 16 packets of sugar. Sodas account for 43% of an average American sugar intake. And believe it or not, we already have citizens in New York saying, like, we need to overturn this. You know, is it your American right to buy a a 32-ounce soda? I don't know if it is. I I, I really don't know if we have to have that much freedom because certainly we're just stupid. But we're also stupid because we're told what to think. The food and beverage industry has already spent over $1.5 trillion to defeat soda taxes. That's a lot of money. PepsiCo has spent more than $40 million lobbying in Congress when lawmakers were considering a soda tax. That's not efficient use of money. You want to keep your 401k fees as low as possible, switching topics. You're not going to beat the market. You need to be the market. You need to stop thinking about the best mutual fund. And what you need is diversified assets, diversified equity. It's all about asset allocation and equity diversification. If you're paying too much for equity diversification, you're a fool. Your 401k, your 401k, 403b, 457 plans, fees of over 1%, they reduce your rate of return by 25%. Do Oreos ever expire? A friend of mine ate an Oreo that was two years old and it still tasted good. What's that tell you? I heard uh, Howard Stern he basically heard someone took a McDonald's cheeseburger and left it unwrapped in the office. Six months later, there's not any green on it anywhere. Not on the bun, not on the meat. That's pretty freaky deaky. United Airlines, uh, they're getting sued. A passenger filed a complaint after a maintenance man dropped super glue 
on that person's head. Now, when I hear that story, I'm like, why is United Airlines using super glue to fix things? Like, that really, really bothers me. I'm hoping it was, like, important. Hmm. What else do we need to talk about? Oh, Pepsi, speaking of which. PepsiCo German venture to sell yogurt in the United States. Interesting or not? Probably not for most of you. We're getting into earnings season. Alcoa is the biggest U.S. aluminum producer. They're going to report an 84% decline in second quarter earnings as the eighth straight year of surplus global production drives down the price of the metal. Two acquisitions this morning. WellPoint is buying Amerigroup for about $4.4 billion. That is a play on Medicare. Medicaid, excuse me. Um, Google reports earnings Thursday, J.P. Morgan Friday morning. J.P. Morgan has that $2 billion bet that's probably up to $8 billion, we think. We're not quite sure, but we'll learn more on Friday. Uh, what else do we need to know? Vivendi's thinking about spinning off Activision's Blizzard, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty investments. Time Warner or AOL would be a likely buyer. Taking a look at the market numbers, we got the Dow down 53, the NASDAQ down 9, and the S&P 500 down 4. <laughs> it's my latest number call of the year. You can find me at Twitter. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. Email Rob at robblack.com, Rob at robblack.com. And Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Yo, yo, goes my shout out to my Seattle fisherman. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The S&P 500 is poised for the longest slump in more than a month after jumping bond yields in Spain hit above 7%. Governments need to borrow money somewhere between 1% and 4%. Young governments that really haven't proven their, their country can survive and, and thrive need to borrow money at 5 6 7%. But you can't really survive a big country like Spain at 7%. So we're seeing Alcoa, which is going to report numbers tonight. They're sliding a little bit. ExxonMobil, Caterpillar, dropping a little bit. Payment Networks, Visa, and MasterCard, they're down after being downgraded by UBS and Amerigroup. Huge winner today after agreeing to be acquired by WellPoint. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. We've got the S&P 500, which is a broad-based measure of the market, but it tends to skew towards large companies, down four. The NASDAQ, down nine. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 59. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He is a certified financial planner with newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I don't like talking about is insurance. We know about investments, fun and sexy. We know about taxes, you got to pay them. But insurance is part of the formula in getting to retirement. And I always say insure what you can't afford to lose. But I think a lot of people in the age of 20 to 50, Chad, don't really, all we think about is life insurance or homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance. I think one of the forgotten insurances is like gap insurance. I I know it's like an odd topic to start with, gap insurance. What is gap insurance? 
gap insurance is if let's say you you buy a car for thirty grand, right? right? And then you turn around and total it. The insurance company says, well, at that time, your value of your car is only fifteen thousand dollars, but you still owe twenty because you took a loan out. You've only paid it. You've, you're, you're paying it down at a lower rate than what the value is depreciating at. So that is a very big risk, especially in the first three years that you buy a car, for example. Which I don't think people think about, and yet I do. I think it's actually a pretty good insurance to get. It, it is, especially because we also say that you know having the higher deductible insurance typically makes sense. So if you're a person that you're doing things the right way, where you have six to 12 months worth of cash and emergency reserves if you're a younger person, right? then that means that you're allowed to then go out and get higher deductible auto policies, home policies, health insurance policies, so that your monthly premiums are lower so that you can save more money in your 401k. But if you're going to do that, typically it also means that you need that gap coverage in case you do total your car. Otherwise, you could be out of pocket five to $10,000 to get that replacement. Another yeah. little tip on insurance that I think is important is I've got a friend who lost 190 pounds. He lost a human being. I mean, he lost 190 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, did you get your health insurance uh, changed? Did you get your um, life insurance changed? Because when he got... Life insurance is a 300, well, I guess 350 pound man. He was about to die. He was a diabetic. He's actually lost diabetes. He no longer has to take insulin. So he needs to go and have all of his insurance redone. And they will lower your rate, insurance companies. They'll never raise your rate, but they will lower your rate if you do something like lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. Did you know that? No. I, it, yes, I didn't know that. It's, it's, oh, I thought I had him. It's like stump the bird. Let me get an example, too. So people go out and they buy life insurance. Yeah. Okay. And. But when they're doing it, they're they not they not not smoke all the time, but they might have a cigar once in a while or yeah. or dip, you know, chewing tobacco. Right. They get rated as a tobacco user. You can go through a certain period of time with the insurance company and go back and say, "I no longer smoke. I no longer chew." Take a physical that proves it. Send it in, and they can lower your rates. Okay. And if people bought term insurance like three or four years ago and they're still healthy, they might want to redo that plan because it's cheaper now. Term insurance is a lot cheaper now. There's more people in the business, and insurance companies want the business. Okay, so question your insurance policies every couple of years, especially if you had some life-changing events on the positive. Really, it's 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 almost every year. It's almost okay. like you know, I'll go through and and call uh, cable bill, cell phone company, and say, I'm about ready to leave unless you've got something better to offer me. And every time I do that, every six months, it seems like I get money knocked off my cable bill or my cell phone bill, or I get some sort of incentive or a free upgrade or whatever. You know, you ask for it. They want your business. I always call the insurance company or the cable companies and I'm saying, I'm pretty sure I didn't order Naughty Nurses 3. <laughs> so we have different conversations with the cable companies. Why is my bill $300? They say, I think you ordered four and five as well, Mr. Black. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, so some of these insurance issues are, are, are obvious. Some obvious. Some of them are not. Um, I think the one that's also not necessarily obvious for people is disability insurance. You or I have a greater chance of being disabled before we die. Yep. And when you're disabled in your working years, it's financially cr- crushing because you lose your income. So disability insurance is really, really important to consider. Yeah, I mean, and I'm loaded up on it because of what I do for fun. Wakeboard, snowboard, all that kind of stuff. It's more likely that I'll be injured and can't work for a while than, than, than die. So, um, And I also have, as a business owner, it's important to have things like overhead policy so that there's, there's key man disability so somebody could replace you if you're gone from your company, but also just overhead disability, which usually lasts for about six months. So it keeps the lights on. It makes the payroll payments while you're not there doing it. You know so, what I mean? Especially if, so, so in a key person situation, it's also important to, uh, so to in our little coverage. joint venture, do you have key man on you? I do. I have overhead and key man. 
Do we have Keyman on me? Because I bring in on the Rainmaker. I don't think you can qualify because of all your ailments. <laughs> what are my ailments? <laughs> okay, we're, we're gonna play about that off air. We're gonna play Stump the Burton. Stump what the was Burton. the name of the first vampire to appear in a movie? Dracula. No, it was Nosferatu. Who cares? <laughs> We're playing Stump the Burton. Okay, fine. You can win a Joan Baez album if you want to call in right now. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Stump the Burton. Do you have anything else on insurance that we're missing? Maybe some of the, the finer points? Um, let's see other types of insurance. No, it, you know, if people will look, if they don't have insurance through their employer disability insurance, which is very important. We've talked about that before. If you're like job hunting, you get two offers. They're pretty close. Take the one that has better disability insurance coverage often because it's yeah. expensive. But those that can't afford it could still do something like an Aflac where it gives them some cash in their pocket if they are injured to help pay the bills over a two to three month period. It's still very important to look at. And you can usually pay for that with your um, health savings account or FSA account. Quick answer. Um, when should people consider umbrella insurance? As soon as they have assets outside of retirement accounts. Okay. So as soon as you have equity in your home or uh, you know tax taxable account savings, then you want to look at umbrella insurance. It's cheap. That's certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So earnings season is amongst us. It's going to be a, a fun time trying to interpret the news. It's, it's, it's happening. This is the time of year where I sleep very little. Four times a year, it's earning season, and I love earning season. In large part, every 90 days, companies come clean, and we get a lot. We learn a lot. Earnings have been pretty strong in the last few years in the United States. As businesses have trimmed a lot of their fat, they're not going to be able to do that now. And Obama opened up a big shot today against Romney. So the politics is starting to become a little bit more important because we're going to see business cool a bit. And when business is cool, people freak out about their jobs. So Obama's calling for a one-year extension of the Bush-era tax cuts for families making less than 250000 He's trying to give us a little bit of visibility. That's 98% of taxpayers make under 250000 You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. You can tweet me, Rob Black Show. You can Facebook group page me, I Hate Rob Black or Rob Cron for Rob Black, Cron with a K. You can find me online at robblack.com. I'm going to have a meet and greet happy hour coming up later in August. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Are you feeling it? I'm asking, are you feeling it? Robocop 4 in the making for 2013. Now, did I just make your day a little bit better? Are you happy now? MasterCard and Visa lower today. An analyst at UBS cut the stocks to sell from neutral as the company's growth is slowing and their shares are pricey. Absolutely 100% true. 
Since the February industry launch, most investors with whom we have spoken to seem to love and or own one or both of these stocks, but seem largely comfortable with their positions and seem declined to disinclined to add. In other words, we sense complacency, they said. So shares of Visa down 2.4%, MasterCard down 2.3%. It's a good call. You know that I like shares of Visa. You know that I've talked about it for years and years. I like shares of MasterCard. They're not in the credit card business. They're in the transaction business. I don't like people. It's well known that the happiest day of my life was when we started using credit cards at the pump, pay at the pump. Visa shares recently hit an all-time high. Visa shares in the last year have gone from 100, no, no, since the start of the year, 100 to 122. Had a high, 123. No, no, 127. That's too much growth. People are complacent. This should be valued more at 15 times earnings than at 20 times earnings. Now, again, are you going to own it until the day you die? Great. Love it. I 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 can't get enough of it. I can't quit it. I can't quit you. So analysts are saying, you know, well, look, it's had a great year. So instead of saying buy, we're going to say sell because we think you can get it lower. I like Wells Fargo. I like Visa. I like MasterCard. I can make a case for an Ameritrade. State Street. But I, I'm not going to broad bathe. Broad bathe? What's wrong with me? I'm not going to take a bath of financial stocks. No way. I'm not going to jump into all of them, but I'm very, very picky. I'm picky about my, my women. I'm picky about my food. Hmm. Let's take a look. Oh, er, 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 Ernest Borgnine dead. Where were you the day you found out Ernest Borgnine was dead? I didn't even know he was live. Right? Mermaid man. So Ernest Borgnine dead. I can't go on. I feel like the Titanic just broke. And I just want to go down with it. What's life with no Ernest Borgnine? It's not worth living. China's CPI slows to a 2.2% rate. Japanese core machinery orders plunged 14.8%. Spanish 10-year yield climbs back above 7%. Not good. Healthcare is doing great. Utilities, telecom. Earnings season kicks off tonight. No one's excited. Amerigroup up 40% as WellPoint announced that they're going to buy them. And what's weird is WellPoint's higher. There's a little bit of an arbitrage going. You can buy shares of Amerigroup for eighty-eight seventy-five. It's going to be ultimately bought for cash at ninety-two. So you can get a little one and a half percent. Not much, but if the deal falls apart, you could lose potentially forty percent. Breaking up is hard to do. Typically, in announcements like this. They tend to uh, put in some a lot of caveats to make sure that people just don't jump out. Yahoo and Facebook announced they've entered into definitive agreements to launch a new advertising partnership, extend and expand distribution. And this is all tied towards Yahoo suing Facebook about patent claims, but those are all going to be dropped. Yoku, 
entered into a license agreement with NBC Universal tied towards television distribution in China. Ticker symbol on Yoku is exactly like it sounds. Yoku. Y-O-Ku. Y-O-Ku. LinkedIn's under a little bit of pressure following an announcement from an analyst tied towards a new job board on Facebook. So that's one of the problems with you know, these Web 2.0 companies is, yeah, they've got the most amount of eyeballs right now, but can they keep it? So Facebook got into LinkedIn's business pretty damn quickly. Will it stick? We don't know. In the world of I'm tired of passwords, will I move my LinkedIn account to Facebook? No chance. I don't mind my passwords that much. But I can see some people just going to one place to stick. Hmm. CEO of Microsoft, Balmer. He's announced that 1 billion people worldwide now use Microsoft Office. That's kind of weird to think about. Big numbers kind of freak me out. Apple hitting a fresh session high, up six points a day. A lot of people excited to see what goes on there. As we are in earnings season, IT spending's on pace to surpass $3.6 billion in 2012, a 3% increase from 2011 spending of $3.5 trillion. Challenges facing the global economic growth do persist. We all know that. There's the Eurozone crisis. There's the weak U.S. recovery. We will add jobs more so in the second half than in the second quarter. Second quarter is going to be not an anomaly, but I don't think we go into recession. There's no call for it at least until the second half of 2013. Outlook in China is slowing down. If not slowing down, it's stabilizing and not growing as fast as it was. So expect more spending on public cloud services to grow. That's going to be a big one. From $91 billion last year to $109 billion this year. So if you're looking to buy a tech stock, consider something tied towards cloud services. Enterprise public cloud services spending will reach $207 billion by 2016. A lot of money to be made in those storage companies like EMC. A lot of money to be made. So that's really the big breaking news out there. I think I've hit everything. I could say, let's turn off the lights and go on home. I won't do that, but I could do that. So President Barack Obama is calling for a one-year extension of the Bush-era tax cuts for families making less than 250000 That's 98% of taxpayers. So basically, he's now saying, look, some of you Republicans, you could still love me because I'm taking care of you. He's never going to get the 2% that make over 250000 Republicans. He's never going to get them. Fender's going to IPO, guitar company, who makes the Stratocaster who sells to Eric Clapton and John Mayer. They increase sales 13% year over year. That's pretty impressive. But more important, their story with their IPO, and we don't know when it's coming public. They're going to pay down some debt, but more importantly, they're going to try to expand overseas. China and India, they've never been really guitar-based nations. But you put a guitar in the hands of a 14-year-old boy, and he becomes a rock god. And whether you're Chinese, Indian, or American... It's power. Men pick up guitars so we can woo women. And I, I, I think this is going to be a pretty good IPO. I still have yet to get into the details of it, but I will. 
Boeing won a $7.2 billion order telling us that the world is not a zero-sum game. Cirrus XM, they announced, pre-announced 622,000 new subscribers this quarter. They're basically trying to fend off a power play by John Malone. Sears continues to demonstrate strong growth, so says CEO Mel Carmazon. They continue to be conservative in the face of a weak U.S. economic outlook. They need the auto industry to continue to grow. But I think this, those are all things that can happen. Roger Federer won the Wimbledon, which for the record, I don't know if you get a chance to see it, but last night's uh, Sports Center showed it. Some of the highlights of Andy Murray talking after he lost. <laughs> crying like a baby. There's nothing better than men crying like babies, openly weeping, apologizing. So I don't know. It makes me happy to see men cry. I don't cry. I've got no emotions. There's no shame in losing to a guy who has won that tournament seven times. So he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. He's a machine. So there's no crying in baseball, but what we learned yesterday, there is crying in tennis. What else do we need to talk about? I can't think of a thing. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers because I don't think I've done that in, say, contractual terms a while. SP 500 is down four, the Nasdaq's down nine, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 59. Samsung wins case against Apple because it's not as cool. Samsung defeated Apple when a British judge ruled Samsung's Galaxy tablets did not infringe on the U.S. company's designs for the iPad. Interesting that a judge is getting involved and using phrases not as cool. So the judge said they do not have the same understand and extreme simplicity, which is possessed by Apple's design. They are not as cool. The overall impression produced is different. Wow. Even though their products are very thin, almost insubstantial members of the family with unusual details on the back. Wow. That's a weird judge ruling. Should Apple continue to make excessive legal claims in other countries on generic designs, they will get into trouble. You're listening to me, Rob Black, on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Just got a tweet from Apple fan. And he says, great show today. Talking to my insurance rep this week about getting 30-year term and disability insurance outside of my employer. You only need to get some of the gap between what your insurer doesn't cover. I'm sorry, between what your employer doesn't cover in disability insurance. Your insurance rep not going to be happy to sell you a 30-year term. Just so you know, you need 20-year term. So you're kind of messing up some uh, concepts here. Be cautious. I'll tweet you in a couple minutes when the show's over. You can tweet me, Rob Black Show, if you want to. I understand people that don't. Driving theaters are making a comeback across the United States. I think that's cool. 
New outdoor theaters are opening and shut down ones are being revived as people rediscover the pleasures of watching movies outdoors with no restrictions on chatting or screaming kids or cell phone use or smoking both legal and illegal, uh, how shall we say, tobacco. People love the communal experience. You can call, but that will be tomorrow. Email me, Rob, at robblack.com. Find me online at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.